Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. How was your week? All right. I heard a lot of greats. How many had a not so great? It's okay. It's okay. Because around here we're either up or we're what? Or we're getting up. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're all here this morning. You did the right thing to come to church because around here too, we believe that church stays affect the rest of our days. And they really, truly, uh, really, truly do. Um, this week was a little bit busy for me. Um, I mentioned to you last week, uh, one of my mentors, Pastor A.R. Bernard in uh, Brooklyn, New York, his oldest son had passed away. And uh, so I went up Thursday for the funeral uh, to Brooklyn. And um, so I was up and back within 24 hours. And uh, but we went and repre- I went and represented um, Meadowbrook and, and my family as well. And so I uh, continue to pray for, for them. It's a very hard blow for them. But um, where I learned a lot about grace and peace was from Pastor Bernard. So they are certainly walking in that. Uh, and as with most of the time when we do go to New York, I come back and I show you some pictures from the trip. There's a quick trip, but I do have a picture I just want to show you here real quick. And it's uh, the weather. I screenshot off of my phone. Uh, when I left, it was 10 degrees and the wind was blowing crazy. And this is the real part. feels like negative nine. I rebuke that in the name of, that's just not right. Not fit for man nor beast. And, but they love it. Okay. So anyway, uh, one other thing, uh, this week, um, is something I think, uh, noteworthy. Pastor John Kanata, uh, this week will celebrate 23 years being on our staff. And Pastor John, would you stand up? We stand up. I just want to acknowledge that. Thank you. God bless you, buddy. All right, you ready to get into the word today? All right, we're starting a brand new series called Belong. I do believe this, that whenever we're in a series, I believe it is a season. I believe it's a season that God is saying something to us, um, you know, as a church, as a church family. And um, in particular, what is going on in that series. And so um, we're going to take about six weeks on this. Um, Very important. I can't stress that enough to you. I I believe with all my heart, every time doors are open, we should endeavor to get here. The scripture even encourages uh, us to do that so much the more as you see the day approaching. And uh, so, so glad you're here this morning. God's doing some incredible things here at, at Meadowbrook. As we start Belong... We see in Genesis chapter 1, and what I'm going to do today is we're going to read the whole Bible, starting in Genesis chapter 1. No, I'm joking. Uh, In Genesis chapter 1, we see God at work in creation. And in case you're ever confused about that, God is the creator. Well, I've heard a lot of other theories. Let me just throw this one out to you, okay? Where there's a design, there's a designer. Take a short walk and you'll come back convinced. Creator. Amen? Well, at creation, God is creating, and eight times in that first chapter, he says it is good, or he saw that it was good. Everybody say good. Good. We move on into chapter 2. Told you we're going to go through the whole Bible. Then we move on into chapter 2, and he says that something is not good. He points out something that's not good. And the thing he says is not good, it is not good that man be alone. It is not good that man be alone. Skip on over to Ecclesiastes, and you find that he says, woe, and that means, you know, this is not good. Woe, uh, if a man falls and he's by himself. 
if he finds himself in circumstances that are adverse, woe to him who is alone. Uh, He goes on to say, how shall... How shall he stay warm if, he, if a person is alone? And he's not just talking about, well, I could figure that one out. I'll wear extra coat and long johns and stay near the fire. That's not really the warmth that he's, that he's really symbolically referring to. And so it's not good that we be alone. We all have in, in us a God-given, God-built-in need to belong, to belong. Now, there is in sociology and psychology, there's a, a reference diagram that has been used since the 50s even, uh, and it's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And you may have seen this before. Um, we'll go ahead and show this to you this morning. And, and starting at the bottom, this is the hierarchy or the order of needs. And the first would be physiological, which means this. Your first need is you've got to breathe, baby. And you've got to eat and... and uh, can I get an amen on the eat part? All right, okay, all right. Uh, breathe and eat and drink and those kind. Of, you've got to have those physiological things or you have no needs if you're not alive, okay? And then the next one in the hierarchy is safety. You know, that, that you're well, that there's not something encroaching upon your, your well-being, safety. But I really want to point to this one right here. The third in this hierarchy is love and belonging, This is an innate need in every human being that we have that need. You have the need. I have the need to to have love and to feel like I belong to something. Then you go on esteem or self-worth, self-actualization, which has to do with, you know, you begin to realize why I'm here. What am I good at? What am I not good at? What do I enjoy? and, And how I can make a difference. I believe that, and this is strictly secular, I believe that, your first need is underlying all of here. And you, you cannot live this life uh, disconnected from God. Amen. In him we live and move and have our being. And so I think everything, first of all, is based and rooted in a relationship with God. But I want you to notice this. And in that, I believe that God will be involved in the needs of your life. Amen. I think your heavenly father knows how to take care of your needs. It's very, very scriptural, Matthew chapter 6. But I want to look at this belonging here um, and this as a need that even is recognized by secular sociology and psychology that we have this need to belong. We are hardwired this way. We have a basic God-given need to belong. And it is such a strong core need, it has to be handled right. And if we don't handle a need right, and remember this, that all behavior is need-motivated. Okay, all behaviors need motivated. You see, you see somebody acting out in a certain way, and I don't care if they're three or 103, acting out in a certain way. There's a, there's a need behind that behavior. And so we have to handle this need properly. We've got to meet that need properly, or we'll end up doing this. We will belong wrong. You're going to belong to something. You're going to connect to something, but you're going to end up where you belong wrong. Now, go ahead and take the pressure off here. This message, this series is not about belonging to the church, okay? Now, you'll see a connection to that, but I'm not on some kind of membership drive, okay? I'm not, I'm not doing any of that, you know, get you all signed up for church. I'm not doing that. We're going to be talking about belonging to something that is much more far-reaching and, and deeper than, than that. This need within us to belong is so strong, like I said, it affects your behavior. Uh, you will change in order to fit in. You will change in order to gain acceptance. You will change in order to feel like you have that sense of belonging. People will change how they act 
You ever heard of peer pressure? Why is that? Why are you acting that way? And we find out that it's peer pressure. What is the peer pressure all about? If it, and I don't want to feel rejected by this group or person. And so I've got to act. I've got to behave in a certain way, which requires me to change so that they'll accept me. So we'll change our hair. We'll change how we dress. We'll change how we walk. We change how we talk. We'll change our preferences. I thought you didn't like okra. Yeah, but these are the only people I could find, you know. And so, you know, you'll... You'll do what you do. You'll change, you'll change things to do that. And all of us have done it at one point or another. Come on, let's get honest here. All of us have done it at one point. And, and I won't even tell you all the times in my life, but I can remember in, in high school, platform shoes were in. Y'all ever heard of those? Okay, they were in except at my house. And I'm begging my mom and my dad, can I, can I get these platform shoes? And this is my mom's standard. You don't need no platform shoes. I mean, yeah, I do. So finally, I just kept on, kept on. I even earned a little extra money. And I said, can I get platform shoes? And finally, they relented that I could get them. So I went to J.M. Fields. Y'all remember J.M. Fields? Some of you? If you don't, you're just too young. But anyway. And I got them. And there they were. And they were beauties, man. And, and they were leatherette. And then the big platform part was woodette. It's J.M. Fields, y'all. So I got them and I show up the first event that I could wear these things. Hey, y'all, what's happening? <laughs> and my friends go, why are you wearing those things? Those things aren't in anymore. <laughs> Story of my life. I just late. Why were they so important to me? And then why did I hardly wear them ever again? Because I I wanted to fit in. I wanted to belong. And when you don't have that sense of belonging, you're going to have a sense of rejection. You're going to have a sense of isolation. You even will have a sense of of depression that can impact you. Um, Virtually every morning, weekday mornings, um, driving my son Gabe to school and Come into the office and so forth, running errands and so forth. There, I'll pass a couple of school bus stops. And there's one in particular that I see this happen. I see it happen, you know, at, at the other ones as well. But this one always moves me. It hurts me. There's about six or seven kids, high school age, at this bus stop. And there's five or six of them all together. And they're just talking and laughing all together. And then there's a girl that stands about three, four feet away from just like this. And I hate it. It hurts me every day. One day I'm just going to pull up, put on my hazard lights, and stop and go, somebody. Somebody see her. And even if she said, I don't want to stand with y'all. Well, then somebody, y'all come to her. You know, it just hurts me. Don't tell me she doesn't want to be a part. And the thing that bothers me, not only that, is these people are having such a blast. Unaware that she's right there. And all of us have that need. And all of us have been that girl. And guys, I'm not calling you a girl. Go with me on this, okay? You know, all of us have been that, that girl before. Um, we all need to belong. We all need to love and to be loved. We all need to know and to be known. We all need to serve and to be served. Do you remember the old television show and the theme, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name? Boom, 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 boom. And they're always glad you came. 
Do y'all know that song? Okay. Thanks, Mom. Uh, but we always have that. And the caution is that we want that so bad, we've got to make sure that we don't belong wrong. In our society today, the United States, our adult population, which includes many of you, we are at the greatest point of advances in education, uh, technology, medical arts, conveniences, and yet more than any other previous generation, we are more sick, sad, addicted, and broke. And and the reason is, those are all symptoms. They're symptoms of something. And it's wanting and needing to belong, but then belonging wrong. Connecting with things that are not really life-giving. Even with all of the advances that we have. One time Jesus looked out on the multitude and he saw them. And the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. A little deeper in the Greek, it actually has the idea that he yearned from the bowels. He yearned from the deepest place. He was heartbroken. So Jesus looked out upon all the people and he was, he was heartbroken. And he said this. He said they're weary and scattered. Weary and scattered. Another translation said they're confused and helpless. And then he said it this way. He said they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're like a sheep without a shepherd. They're not belonging to the thing that they really, really need. In their life, and because of that, they're weary, they're scattered, they're confused, and they're helpless. And people want to belong so bad. We want to belong. We do not want to be left out. So we do things, and and marketers get us with this too. But you know, be a part of what we're doing here. And so we sign up for all kinds of things. We want to belong so bad. We'll join the gym, and even if we don't go, we want to have the little thing that they give us to put on our key ring, so people know we belong. We join leagues, we, go, we join clubs, we join gangs, we join Sam's Club and Costco. There's runner's clubs, there's bridge clubs, there's Jeep clubs, there's Dollar Shave Club. There's even hair club for men. Don't waste your time. Um, and I, I flew the other day, and I pay attention to this all the time, but the other day when I was flying, it's like they the pecking order to get on the plane. And now if you're a member of our beautiful elite platinum awesomeness club, walk on this special line and go across this carpet. And so they did. And to the rest of you peons, if you will. I don't know if you're allowed to say that in church. Am I? Am I? No? Okay. Please do not step on the carpet. You don't belong to our club. I wish to God I had my platform shoes the other day. Get those things through security. But we sign up, we try, we want to just belong. And like the U2 song, and they still haven't found what they're looking for. And I want to make a strong statement this morning. The human problem has no human solution. The human problem has no 
human solution. We've got this need. We've got this problem. I've got to belong, but we've got to plug into the right things. We've got to plug in to the right one in the right place. And ultimately, what we're looking for, are you ready for this? I'll just shoot to the chase. We're looking for family. We're looking for the family of God. We're looking for a father. Now, I want you to dismiss right now. Forgive if you have to. Forget if you have to right now. Your earthly father. And they may have been the best one ever. They may have been marginal. They may have been totally absent. They may have been horrible. Whatever. We're not even talking about that right now. It's not even to replace that need if there's a need. Even if you had the best dad, the worst dad, whatever. You and I must be connected with a heavenly father. We must have in our life. Are you all with me this morning? This many people in that quiet. We must have a connection. We must belong to a heavenly father and to his family. Look at this in Psalm 68. Psalm 68 verse 5. It says, speaking of God, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary, unless you think that's someone else, that's you. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. The rebellious really means I went another way. I went my way. And when you just go your way, you're going to end up in a parched place where instead God is saying, come on in, I'll cover you, I'll care for you, I'll provide for you. I want you to belong. I want to place you. God sets, he places us in family. You and I need to be in the family of God. And I want to say this to all of you this morning. I know many of you, you know, hey, you're here at church every week and you love God and you've loved God longer than I am alive or whatever the thing would be. But, you know, we've got to realize that every time we come together, we are such, such a mix. We are all over the spectrum of where you come from and where you're at with God. And can I just say that's a beautiful thing and you are absolutely welcome. No matter what's going on in your life, you're absolutely welcome. And this is what I want to get across to you this morning. It's this. But all of us, all of us, you included, yes, you are welcome to be a part of the family of God. All of us need, every one of us, say that's me, everyone. And you, you say, well, I'm, I'm messed up or I've got this going on in my life. As I, we've been talking about, we're all on a journey and God wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. We have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere and we need to come into the family. And I, and I want you to know, you qualify for the family. All of us qualify. As broken as you might would be or think you are or, what, or not, or how proud you may be, we all qualify to get in this family. And, and that's because he qualified us. This family is for all of us. It's the family of God. And this family has a father. This family has a father. And I'm inviting all of us to take our place in the family of God with God as our father and to realize this, that you may need to know a little bit more about the father before you make a full commitment to come into the family. When I was growing up, my family went through a lot of different seasons and so forth. There were times in my life where I wanted to be in my friends' families. Did y'all ever do that? I don't want to live here with these people. I want to live with those people. And I had a friend who had a pool we had a pool too, but it had like green water in it and we kept it up all year and it's above ground and, it, you know. Uh, 
and uh, never mind. And uh, and I had I had a friend, you know, that a beautiful house. They his mom wore perfume in the afternoon. <laughs> they had air conditioning, you know, and they were nice. They never yelled at me. I want to live with them. You know, he always had spending money. I want to live with them. She cooked real food. My mom's spice cabinet was salt, pepper, and cinnamon. She had this big old thing. I didn't know what she was doing. I wanted to live with them. And sometimes before you come into the family, and I had other friends because I knew the, I don't don't even want to go in that house. The way their dad was, I'm I'm not going to go in your yard. You know, and so I think to invite you into this family, you need to know a little bit more about the father. In John 14, 9, look at this. Jesus said, he who has seen me, seen Jesus, has seen the Father. He's an exact representation of the Father, Hebrews tells us. And so if we want to see the Father, we need to look at Jesus and see how Jesus was. And realize that God our Father is not distant and cold and angry. He's up close and he's warm and he's loving. He's not that father that's never there. And then when he is there, he's angry and withdrawn and and doesn't even provide for them well. No, we're not talking about that kind of father. You look to Jesus and we're going to be able to see the father. And and the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that Jesus, it says this, "We, we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of, anybody know? Grace and truth. Jesus came, the only begotten of the father, He came full of grace and truth. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So guess what? Our Father is full of grace and he's full of truth. And our Father, I want to show you a few things about our Father God for this family. And do you ever do this when you're little? Well, my dad could beat up your dad. (laughs) You know, my dad's better than your dad. He's faster or whatever. He's stronger, whatever it would be. Well, let me show you a few things about our, our father, my father. First of all, he's omnipotent. He's omnipotent, which means he's all power, which means he can beat up your dad. Okay. So all powerful. He's omniscient, omniscient. He is all knowing. He knows everything. That's good to have. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere present at once. And this is the one that I really want to zone in on this morning. He's omnibenevolent. He's omnibenevolent, which means this. Listen to me. He was always only good. Everybody say, God is good. good. Now, don't let that be trite. God is good all the time, all the time. Just just chill and realize what you're saying. God is good. Has anybody here lately found out that God is good? Has God been good to you? Our... Our word for God, actually, we get out of the Saxon root of that, which is actually good. So it's parallel. It's synonymous that God is is good. And people say, well, I heard that God's a warrior and he's a judge and he carries a big sword and he, and he does all those things. But listen to me. It, follow, follow this through. Yeah, he does. Our father goes to work. But he's our father. He takes care of us. You know, if your dad's on the SWAT team... He didn't come home and tase you, okay? He, he goes and does work, but he provides and he cares for us. We have special relationship. Yes, he is soldier, warrior, God, judge, bears a sword. He is. Yes. 
And, and I want to say something. I want to say it strong. And I want you to look at me for this. You have no reason at all to not believe that God is good. Oh, people run their mouth because they're confused and say, well, this happened and I believe God for this and I saw that happen and they serve God. And, I, and, and w- what gives you the right to then accuse God? How dare any of us, something doesn't go our way, we point up at him and say, he's got it wrong. I, I would just back off just a little on that. No, I would back off a way bunch on that and just realize God is good. You're getting him confused with some other things. God is good. Say it again. God is good. And that's our father. And you have no reason to believe that he is not good. Look at this in 1 John 1, 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. Follow the, the metaphor here. God is light and in him is what? No darkness at all. No darkness at all. In Psalm 119, verse 68, it says this. You are good, David speaking to, of God. You are good and do good. You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. It means I can trust you. You know, if you are good and you do good, then I want to know what you want me to know. I want to do what you want me to do. Teach me your statutes because you're good and you do good. In Romans 16, it says that he's the only wise God. He's only wise. That means he only always, follow this, he only always does what is best. God only always does what is best. Now, sometimes, how many of you have thought your parents were mean before and they were actually doing the right thing for you? Four of you. Well, the rest of you take that under advisement, okay? But God is good. Look at this verse here in Luke chapter 12. Luke 12. It says, do not fear. Now follow this. Do not fear. So when you're connected right, when you belong right, you don't have to fear. Do not fear, little flock. Bear that in mind. For it is your, your father's, okay, bear that in mind, good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In this verse alone, God reveals some things about himself. First of all, that he's He's a father. Secondly, he's a shepherd. And thirdly, he's a king. When we belong to him, God is to us father, shepherd, and king. And as our father, that means we belong to a family. And if he's shepherd, we belong to a flock. And if he's king, we belong in the kingdom. And when you belong to God, he is father, he is shepherd, he is king. And when you live belonging to a God where I belong, I'm in the family of God, I'm in the flock of God, I'm in the kingdom of God, then this is how you can live. I'm going to show you how you can live. And I want, I want to say this before I, before I go to this next thing here. Stop living in dread. Stop waiting for that other foot to fall. Stop waiting for this whole thing to fall apart. Stop it. Come hell or high water. I I don't know what kind of father, shepherd, or king you think we have. But he can get us through anything. I said he can get us through anything. 
He knows how to take care of his own. He's fully committed. He's already shown you. I will spill my own blood. I will lay down my own life just so you can live. I'll pay for the mess that you made because I love you. I'll die for you. Nobody loves you enough to die for you like he would die for us. And then he comes back to be father, shepherd, and king. And I just want to announce into the people of God, hold your head up and start rejoicing. Start walking with some stability in your life. Stop fearing. He said, don't fear. And when you belong right, you don't fear. When you belong wrong, you're going to be afraid of everything. I don't care if you get to walk across the little carpet. When you belong wrong, you're afraid of everything. But when you're connected to a father and a shepherd and a king, let me show you how you will live. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And notice the context. Notice how all of this is. It's now and in this lifetime. Don't relegate this to heaven. This is now and in this lifetime. Read it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Living Bible says this way. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because I belong. Amen. And that's how you you need to expect to live. Now, all right, then how do I belong? How do I belong? Look at this in John chapter 1, verse 12. And it says this. But as many as received him, accepted him. I I accept this. To them he gave the right. This word means the power, the privilege, the right to become or to be called. Read it with me. Children Children of God, which makes him our father. To those who believe. Everybody say believe. Who believe in his name. How do you belong? You believe. You believe. You believe and you belong. You believe and you belong. Here's our problem though. In our postmodern, super smart, existential, relativistic culture that we live in today. Here's our problem. We have a hard time believing. And so we say, well, there are no truths. There are no absolutes. There are no this or that. And I'd say the truth is you're absolutely wrong on that. And here's what you do. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. And our problem with believing is we think we've got to figure it all out before we can believe it. That's not believing. Listen, believing is saying, I believe it. I I accept that as truth, even though I can't figure it all out. And I want you to hear this real quick. Listen to me. If the only God that you can believe in is a God that you can fully figure out, That's a puny God. I want to say again. If the only God you can believe is a God that you can fully figure out, that's a puny God. 
I rather like having a God that can outthink me, who is creative way beyond me or anything think tank could come up with things. I like having a God who can do some things in my life. I had no idea how he did that. I can't even explain how he did it. But if you watch your life, you're going to see that there's a good God who's able to do those things in your life. And you know what I do? I choose to believe. And because you believe, you belong. And when you belong, you're in a family. You're in a flock. You're in a kingdom. You're going to be okay. Amen? Amen. Real quick. I don't have time to fully expand this, but I've got to tell you this today. 1 Peter 5, it talks about our enemy, our adversary. He roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may what? Devour. Devour. Listen to this carefully. I believe this. If you don't be long, you might be lunch. (laughs) I mean, when that lion goes after somebody, he's not trying to eat the whole flock. He's looking for the one that belongs the least. The one that's maybe wounded or got a bad attitude or I ain't keeping up with y'all or, you know, got their feelings hanging away. That's lunch, y'all. And I think you need to belong and work yourself to the center, so to speak, and just plug in in every way you can. And one of the expressions of that, of course, of the family of God is in the local church. So I invite you. I invite every one of you. If you're not already in the family of God, come on into the family of God. Come on in. And the rest of you, you already belong in the family of God. A couple words to you. Take good care of your brothers and sisters. Part of what the world needs to see is how good this family treats one another and how we honor our Father. That's an important thing. And then please, please, please do this too. Look for those around you and invite them into family. And one of the ways to invite people into family is invite them to dinner. That's what we're doing right now is dinner. Invite people. And that's what, that's what everything is behind in the Invest Invite cards is to invite people to come so that they can see what it's like to be in the family. So that being said, look at me, look at me. Be nice <laughs> to people when they come. Never let it be said that, that it was God's kids that chased people out of, Amen. away from God's family. And just before I close, just before I close, listen. Everybody go back to the bus stop. And maybe at that bus stop, You're that girl. If you're that girl, I reach out to you today, so to speak. You see what I'm saying? And they say, hey, come join us. Come be a part. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, then we'll we'll come be with you. There needs to be that. And if you're in the happy circle and you already belong, please don't be oblivious that there might be somebody standing just right over there that needs you to just reach out and include and help them to belong. The human problem has no human solution. The only answer for all of us is to be in the family of God. And so I invite all of you, come in. And if you're in, let's be the family of God and honor him. Take good care of each other. Amen. Amen.